0: yourselves a hand. You got out of bed this morning. Come on. You got out of bed. Yeah, we celebrate you for getting out of bed this morning. You'll have to excuse me. I have a man cold. Do you have any men in your lives? Ladies, you know they exaggerate their sore throat. They exaggerate their bunny nose. They exaggerate their cough. <coughs> excuse me. i just feeling a little snotty this morning, so just please forgive me for that. But thank you so much for getting out of bed. We celebrate it because we know that it's not an easy task. And uh, we know that it's a lot easier when we feel like we've won an award when we get out of bed. So uh, you won an award today, and we celebrate you for doing that. Today is an extremely, extremely special day. And the reason is, it's because uh, we belong to an organization called ARC. ARC stands for the Association of Related Churches. The reason we belong to that organization is because they helped us get started. That's it. It's not a denomination. Um, There's not a a thing, a a group of faith-based beliefs that we have because we belong to ARC. We simply belong to ARC because they helped us get started. And um, they taught us a model to go by, and uh, we do our best to follow that model. Hopefully you get to experience the ARC model every Sunday morning that you're here. And today, ARC is launching 21 21 churches all across the United States. Churches that um, are similar to ours. Churches that will... Churches that will be life-giving. Churches that will see people come to know Jesus. On our, on our launch day, we had 337 people at church that day. The average ARC launch size is 250 people. 250 people take it, make sure, like, just say that all 21 are average today. That's a lot of people in church this morning that wouldn't be in church if these churches weren't started. And so, and, and, and I just think that of all the stories that have, have happened, that have been transformed because of the Refuge Church. And I just know that out of that 21, oh, out of those 21 churches that lives will be changed. Because... of of the church. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe with all of my heart that the church is the avenue to which God delivers the hope of the world, which is His Son, Jesus. It's the church. It's It's not anything else. It's not a ministry. It's not a parachurch. It's the church. The church is the body of Christ. The Bible says that Jesus came for the church. That he gave himself for her. In Ephesians chapter 5, I'm, I'm, I'm not even ready to preach yet. I'm about, about to get there. In Ephesians 5, the Bible says that husbands love your wives even as Christ loved the church. and gave himself for it. It's the church that he gave himself for. And so it's a little bit of a soapbox for me right now because I believe with all of my heart that, that it's, it's the church is, is, is God's bride. More than anything, and so um, I just I'm, I'm, I'm excited because 21 churches are being birthed today, and out of those 21 churches, we have had the privilege of investing, and we give money every month to help art start churches like they are today. Uh, in February, my wife and I traveled to Birmingham, Alabama, to help coach this. Just a couple. Uh, Planters, a couple of pastors that are starting churches. One of them is starting today in Brentwood, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. Um, our friends Tony and his wife Kim Calabrese are are launching Radiant Church today, and I start to get choked up thinking about Tony and Kim. Not not necessarily because of who they are, but because I know the emotion. That they're going through right now um, It's it's an hour later there I'm not even 100% sure what time their service starts um, But Right now he's got so Many nerves going through his body um, So many Like just so many butterflies And and I'm just, I'm just Thrilled Of what God is going to do today So To get started I want to just say a a a special prayer for those 21 churches today would you bow your heads Father it is it is a calling that you place on couples lives to start churches Lord, it's, it's a calling that is hard. It's, it's a calling that is also rewarding. And Lord, I know that on our birthday, March 5th, 2017, at this time, I was scared to death. And Lord, I know that there are 21 couples that right now are scared to death. So Lord, I pray that you would give them all the peace that passes all understanding. I pray that that you would show up and show off because Lord, yours is the victory. I pray that you would give them in their spirit this feeling that they cannot fail. Because nothing, it it, it won't be perfect. It won't be perfect today. But, Lord, they cannot fail because they do it in the name of Jesus. And Jesus has already succeeded. So, God, I pray for your spirit to just reign in our country today. Lord, I pray that it would never be the same. Lord, I pray... For every individual that will go to those churches, I pray, Lord, that people would find hope today, that people would find rescue today, and that they would have their lives forever changed. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Um, so today we are in week four of this series called Baggage. Uh, there, you can count how many times my voice cracks today because I'm again, that man-cold thing. I'm going to point it out, too. I won't. Week four of baggage, and today we're talking about the bag that just won't let go. We're going we're gonna to get into that in just a moment, but I want to review uh, before we, we get there. Week one, we talked about how uh, we all live this life, and, and you know, the reason why I started doing this, this series is because um, when I look at people going through life, I don't always see people that enjoy it. For whatever reason, they like they they live life, they live this journey, and and the journey gets heavy. And the reason the journey gets heavy is because things happen along the way, and we pick up baggage along the way, and we think that we have to carry it all, and life just gets heavy, and we're unable to enjoy life. Well, I believe that God wants us all to enjoy life. Jesus said that he came to give us life abundantly, and if it's going to be abundant life, then I think that it's going to be enjoyable. So... If we're going to live an enjoyable life, we have to learn to shed some baggage and learn to let it down. And that's pretty much what we talked about in week one. Week two, we talked about the baggage of guilt and how there is no condemnation for those that belong to Jesus. That there is no wrong because of what Jesus has done. And it's only because of Jesus that we are not condemned. He didn't come to judge us, but he came to free us. That was the purpose, to free us. There is judgment involved, but that's not the goal. The goal is freedom. And so we talked about the difference between consequences and and baggage. And consequences are things that happen along the way that we have no control over. Consequences are what happens as a result of the things that we do that are wrong. But baggage we choose to pick up, we choose to carry. And when we choose to carry the baggage of guilt, we're choosing to carry something that doesn't, it's not on us. We're not guilty if we're found in Jesus Christ because of his blood that he shed for us. He has earned our right to be called sons and daughters of God. And so that was week two. And then week three, last week, we talked about the baggage of relationships. All three of these sermons are are on our website. You can find them. Church slash messages, or you can find them on iTunes. But um, in the baggage of relationships, we talked about how because Jesus died in order to restore our ultimate relationship that we all need, which is the, 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 the relationship with the creator, because he died to restore that relationship, he is able to restore any relationship in this present earth, in this present time. And so, if you're going through life and you're carrying relationship baggage, we want you to know that it can be redeemed and restored because of what Jesus has done for us. So, that's what we've talked about in the last three weeks. Today, we're talking about the baggage that just won't let go. The baggage that just won't let go. So, this is another one of those messages that uh, pretty much is, is geared towards people that have committed to follow Jesus. Um, because we believe that Jesus is, he's the one that died, he's the one that saved us. We're we're really big on Jesus, if you haven't picked up on how many times I've said his name already in this uh, quick 15 minutes I've been up here already. It hasn't been 15 minutes, it just seems like 15 minutes for me. Hopefully it doesn't seem like 15 minutes for you, because we got a long way to go. Jesus came to restore us so that we no longer have to carry this, this baggage. But what happens when we come to know him, when we come to give our lives to him, we say that belief plus trust equals faith. When we come to a point of trusting Jesus with our lives, so oftentimes what happens is I think that when we finally come to that place of trust, we probably um, are free from about, to 95 percent of the things that we struggle with all of a sudden you're not swearing like you used to all of a sudden you're not talking like you used to you're not hanging out with some of the people that you used to because things have changed and I would say that probably about 90 to 95 percent of the things change in our lives when we come to that point of trust but the issue is about 10 five to ten percent of the things that we struggle with the things that we wrestle with We just can't let go of. We just can't let go of. For whatever reason it is. I don't know what your bag that won't let go is. But I know that you have them. You know why? Because I do. Not only do I do. But. There was also this man in the Bible. By the name. Of the Apostle Paul. And he wrote about this bag. That he couldn't just let go, that it, he just couldn't get rid of it. it. It haunted him. In the book of Romans, chapter 7, we're going to read a verse in just a moment. But if you want to follow along and, and with our notes, you can get on your, your phones. We encourage you to be on your phone in the, in the New Version Bible app. We don't encourage you to be on other applications. Just the New Version Bible app, we want you to be on that and follow right along. You can, see, you can find out how to follow along on the screen behind me. Apostle Paul writes this in the book of Romans, the the, uh, the verse is also on the screen. Romans chapter 7, verse 15 says, I don't really understand myself. How many of you have ever been there? I don't really understand myself. Like, uh, what's going on? For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate." The apostle Paul is saying, I don't understand myself at all. Why is it that I keep doing what I don't want to do? Why is it that I keep doing what I hate to do? But the things that I know I should do, I don't do it. And I think that's where most of us would say that we find ourselves with about that five to 10% of things that we struggle with. We do things that we don't want to do and we don't do things that we know that we should. That's why it's known as the baggage that won't let go, because it's hard. And sometimes it's obvious what that bag is, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes you might have to dig a little deeper and be like, oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that in my life. There's some baggage baggage in my life that I'm like, oh, wait a minute, I probably shouldn't do that. But it's not always obvious. And so what happens is we have – you're going to let the bag go, we have to find a way to, to, to figure out what the bag is. We have to find a way to discover it. And so I've come up with this, this thing that I call the, the cycle of destruction. How do you recognize when you're, you're, you're carrying something that you just can't let go of, that you just can't get rid of it? How, how do you know that? And so the cycle of destruction starts with this, number one it becomes a part of your identity. The bag becomes a part of your identity. Now, we've said this in this this series previously, and that is this. Satan's role is to destroy us. And in, in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible, Jesus says that the, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy us. Later on in the book of 1 Peter, the Bible calls Satan a roaring lion, seeking who he can devour. He wants to devour you this morning. In, in effort to devour us, in effort to destroy us, he's constantly telling us lies. Lies about ourselves. Lies about God. Lies about this earth. Lies about who we And so my job this morning is to replace the lies that Satan has told you about this baggage that you can't let go of and replace it with truth. It's always to replace lies with truth. We hope that you always find truth in this place. We hope that truth keeps you coming back because the Bible says that truth sets us to me that's our goal in 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 it says this means that anyone who belongs to Christ he has become a new person the old is gone and the new life has begun when you give your life over to Jesus you are new you're a new person it's it's a new identity you are no longer who you were before but Satan has his way of Jesus you are still you're, you're still the same person there are, there are some programs in our country that are very successful that, that in fact that I, I adore because of how successful they are when it comes to things like recovery we have people in our church that have used programs that are outside of the church to get clean when it comes to addiction and recovery they're great I like I fully support them so what I'm about to say I don't I don't want to this isn't a knock on them but this is how it goes when you go into a program and go to a meeting of these programs you go in and you say hi I'm Adam and I am a been sober for 50 years, 50 years, and I am a, and all of a sudden, and, and, and what happens is these programs cause people to identify with their past, and I get it, I understand why they do what they do, because there is there is gravity to our past, there is gravity to our decision, there, there are things that have happened in our lives that, that affect us. But once you are free, the Bible says you are free indeed. You are no longer identified as that. I believe that the power of Jesus has the power to take you and make you a new person. So that you identify with who he is. Come on. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Again, it's not. It's not that those those programs are wrong. It's just that you are no longer that person. Maybe you need to start going to those meetings and saying, Hi, I'm Adam and I'm a Christian. And this is a part of my past. Because when we are in Christ, we are new. Drop the label. Drop the label. Stop carrying it. So that's the first step of the, the cycle of destruction it becomes part of your identity the, the second thing is you feel increasingly hopeless you feel increasingly hopeless as you are identified as that person of your past you all of a sudden start to be hopeless maybe you're sitting there saying Pastor Adam good job great effort I appreciate your effort your excitement your passion I love it but you know what people have tried it before they've tried they, they've, they've tried to, to Get me to stop doing this, and it just—it's just not happening. Good job, great effort. I you. That's hopelessness. Don't be hopeless. Fight to let go of the baggage. Don't be hopeless. And so, what happens is we identify it, and then we become hopeless. And then we get defensive. I'm not defensive, Pastor Adam. Why do you keep saying defensive? You said defensive last week. I am not defensive. Okay. But we get defensive about whatever it is that we're struggling with. And that's just a part of the cycle. The fourth part of the cycle is we become a slave to it. A slave to it This is where we get stuck We get stuck in the slavery Of not being able to do and This is and This is where Paul was when he wrote Romans chapter 7 But thank God he goes on to write in the same book That I am no longer A slave to sin I am a slave to Jesus And he knew He knew That he was free didn't stay there. Therefore, we don't have to stay there this morning. We become a slave to it. And finally, we begin to lose our life. We begin to lose our life. So, it becomes a part of identity. We get hopeless. We get defensive. We become a slave to it. And then we finally lose our life. And this is tragic. This is tragic. This is why... In this series called Baggage, we talk about things like the cycle of destruction because we want you to avoid being a slave to anything outside of being a slave to Jesus because he is where we find freedom. When you're a slave to Jesus, you're not a slave at all. Before Paul wrote the book of Romans chapter 7, he wrote chapter 6, and it says this in Romans six twelve: do not... Let sin control the way that you live. Do not give in to your sinful desires. Paul is saying that you don't have to give in. You might want to, but you don't have to. You're not a sin, a slave to your sin any longer. I'm telling you today that you can live a life under the freedom of God's grace. Because Jesus died for our sins. He is faithful to just. And, and just to forgive us of our sins. And to cleanse us. From all wrongdoing. That's in 1 John chapter. 1 um, John. What verse is that? Somebody help me out. First John 1 John point nine. Sorry. It took me it's not in my notes obviously. I was just preaching. I hope you're okay with that. So now I have. We have to, as we identify this cycle in our lives, as we identify um, the things that we have that go on, in order to identify this, this, this bag in our life, maybe it would help if we ask ourselves some questions along the way. Ask ourselves some questions like this Do your family and your friends think that you have a problem? I don't have a problem. if your family and friends believe that something is controlling you it's probably controlling you be open to that do you continue to do it even though you are hurting people do you continue to do what is wrong even though you are hurting people once those people call call it out of you once those people call you out on it, don't yell at them. Don't get offensive. Don't be short. Get Like, allow them to call it out of you. Do you arrange your schedule around it? Oh, I can't go and do that right now because this is what's happening later on. Can you go one week without doing it? Can you go a week without doing it? Um, one way that I figured out these questions as I asked myself um, how I felt about Michigan football uh, or or Chicago Cubs baseball at times. Um, I'm a I am a an avid sports fan. That's that's my adventure. Like like my adventure is is found in, in not so much playing sports anymore for obvious reasons, but um, watching sports and and enjoying them and. I think my wife would attest that I have gotten a lot better at this. But there were times in my life, like, uh, well, there's a picture that we have. I can't believe I'm telling you this. There's this picture that we have of um, going to pick out a Christmas tree. Um, and this is this has been since we lived in Maine. So it hasn't been that long ago. So it's still a little bit fresh. But there's this picture that we have where I'm decked out in my Michigan because I felt like I was playing for them that day, I don't know, why do we, why do we dress like boys who watch sports, so I'm wearing this Michigan jersey and hat and we're, we're getting our Christmas tree and everyone's excited, it's Christmas time, but Michigan was playing Ohio State University that week and I was mad because Michigan wasn't any good anyway and, um, and so I'm mad in the picture, like every time I look at the picture I'm like, I remember I was mad that day. Because we had to go get that tree in the middle of the Michigan game. And um, I, I, so I just asked myself, you know, how I feel about things in my life that have controlled me. And I realize that Maine is not college football town. Like, it's, it, it, I'm, I've lost most of you right now. Um, but the fact of the matter is, I'm getting better at it because Michigan lost their first game this year and it ruined the whole season. So I'm good. Ask yourselves, are you able to go a week without it? Ask yourselves, is it leading you into isolation? Is it leading you into isolation? Are you being isolated because of it? Are you trying to keep it a secret? If if there are things in your life that you're trying to keep a secret, it's probably a bag that won't let go. It's probably a bag that won't let go. All right. take a deep breath it's not easy to talk about things that we struggle with. But I am saving you some money on therapy right now. I I hope I hope that every week that you come in here you, you leave going, oh, I don't have to go to therapy this week. Not that therapy's bad. I, I think that it helps to to talk about things. But this way you get to hear me talk and you I get to say give the, the speech in front of the therapist this week. So hopefully when you come in to this place it helps things helps get a little lighter hopefully you leave feeling feeling lighter because of this because in in second corinthians chapter 3 verse 17 it says this it says now the the lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom that's good news and so if, we, if we're going to understand this verse, we have to dig in just a little bit deeper to understand what the word spirit means. Because we have to identify where is the spirit of the Lord then. If that's where we're going to find freedom, that's where I want to be. I want to be where the spirit of the Lord is. And so when you dig deep into the word spirit, you got to look at the original language, which is written in, in Greek here. The the old Tes- the old New Testament is written in in, in Greek and um, also uh, Latin and Aramaic but um, this one is in, is in Greek and it's the word is, is the word pneuma P-N-E-U-M-A pneuma and that word pneuma means breath and so what it's saying is where the breath of the Lord is there is freedom where God breathes now In the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 7, we know that God breathed life. Now, it's a different language, so it's not the word pneuma. But God breathed life into Adam. Therefore, we know that where God breathes, there is power. Where God breathes, there is freedom. And that's why we are going to do our best to present an environment That will allow God to breathe in this place. Because where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. And I pray every morning. Every Sunday morning especially. That the spirit of God would fall fresh on this place. That he would breathe on Wyndham High School. So that people can come and discover freedom. Because God's power what transforms you. It's not me. If you come into this place because you want to hear me talk or because you want to hear the band play, then you're coming for the wrong reason. It's not us that causes transformation. It's the power of God that causes transformation. It's the Spirit of the Lord that causes transformation. Not us. It doesn't matter how excited I get. I can't transform you. I want to so badly. It's God's power. It's God's spirit, not mine. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Pastor Chris Hodges, which is pastors uh, Church of the Highlands in, in Alabama, he says, he says this. He said, Jesus didn't come to make me sorry. He came to set me free. Religion makes me feel sorry. It will beat you up. But Jesus has a rescue mission to get us out of that mess. Jesus came to free us from religion. I hope that that's good news for you. Because religion makes us feel sorry. This isn't, unfortunately... Because of the world we live in, when, when you look up the Refuge Church, most of the time it will say a religious organization underneath it. That's not who we are. We are not a religious organization. We are a relationship organization. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Religion will not set you free. But a relationship will. Religion will trap you. But in a relationship, you can talk. You can breathe. You can communicate. This past week, um, there was an, a Christian artist by the name of Lauren Daigle that released an album that I am absolutely in love with. Um, I, I shared it. If you follow me on, on Facebook um, or Instagram, I shared the album this week because i am like go to spotify this afternoon and type in lauren daigle look up child because the album is just it's that good i don't promote uh, christian music um on stage often but this album is is it's it's beautiful and one of her songs is called losing my religion and the bridge says this it says i'm losing my religion And finding something new, I need something different and different looks like you. Because Jesus didn't come to give us religion. He came to give us a relationship with our creator. And so we must find where he is. And ladies and gentlemen, I hate to admit it, but I don't think Jesus is found in religion. He's found in a relationship. And unfortunately, the reason that is is because religion has just failed. I think maybe it was what God intended. Like, like obviously, the church is 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 what. And, and I know that it's confusing because Adam, the church is religious, but I think healthy churches aren't. If if you're going to a church because of the tradition, I think that's a religious church. But if you're going to a, a, a church for the freedom that it offers, if you're going to a church for the relationship that it offers, then you're going for the right reason because that's what frees us. A relationship with our Creator, a relationship with our God. And so what can we do in order to lay down this baggage that won't let go? to give you three things and then we'll be done. Three things that we can do with this bag. Number one, we have to can the excuses. If you're going to let go of the, the bag, you have to can the excuses. Stop making excuses. At some point, you have to take ownership of the, the decisions that you have made in order to let go of the bag. Stop blaming someone in your past for what you're experiencing take ownership of it you're the only one that can let it go and again i know that's not easy for you to hear because it's not easy for me to say because we know because of last week that people people suck and we have relationships we have relationships with people that have hurt us I preached that message last week. I'm not going to preach it again. Go back and listen to it. People hurt us. We get it. But can the excuses? In the book of Luke, chapter 14, verse 18 through 20, Jesus is telling a story. And it's in response to this man that says to Jesus how excited he is about going to the kingdom of God. He's so excited about being a part of this banquet that is at the Lord's table. He's excited about experiencing this banquet. And this is what Jesus says. Because he says that this man, Jesus, at the beginning of the story, he says, this man goes out and invites people to this banquet. And this is what he says about the people. He says, but they all alike began to make excuses. The first said that I have just bought a field. And I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have gone and bought a boat. Just kidding. It doesn't say a boat. Just put that one in there. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen. And I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Verse 20. Still, another said, I just got married and I can't come. Excuses. Excuses. Excuses for not going to the banquet that the Lord had prepared. At some point, we have to say enough is enough with the excuses, and we have to do whatever we can in order to win the battle. If you're going to win the battle, you have to fight the battle. If you're going to fight the battle, you have to stop making excuses for it. God is a warrior, and he has made us in his image, and therefore, you are also a warrior to fight every battle that you will face this week. Pastor Adam, you don't understand. I just can't fight anymore. I just can't do it. I'm tired of the fight. Let me remind you of what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, which is what the Apostle Paul also wrote, that I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. Find your strength in him and stop trying to find the strength in you because you're right, you can't do it, but he can. Stop relying on our own strength. Again, it's my job to replace the lie with the truth. The lie says that you can't do it. But the truth says that he can do it in you and through you and he will accomplish it. So first we have to can the excuses, then we have to cut the ties. Cut the ties. Some of you need to make decisions in this place right now that when you leave, you're going to do whatever you can to put down the bag. You're going to cut the ties that are going to want you to hold on to that bag. Maybe that's some some relationships that need to be let go of. Maybe that's um, a job that needs to be let go. I don't know what it is that you need to cut ties with. I can't tell you what that is. You have to figure out that for yourself. But you have to make the decision now to cut the ties. Because out there, the bags will still be there. When you leave this place, they're still out there. Therefore, you have to make the decision right now. You're going to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm not going to do that. This is where, as a youth pastor, I used to tell the kids, kids, you have to draw the line in the sand that you will remain pure until you're married. Because when you get alone with a girl or with a boy, it's going to be that much harder to get out of that situation. Have some standards. Draw a line. Cut some ties. Because out there it's hard. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33 and 34 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning for there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this. You're saying There are people that will mislead you. There are people that will encourage the lies that Satan has been telling you your entire life. They will encourage it. Therefore, you have to do whatever is necessary to cut the ties. And what happens is when we cut those ties, so often we're left with this void in our life. Which brings me to number three. We have to fill the void. We have to fill the Ephesians chapter five, verse 18 says, do not be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this isn't a message against drinking. This is in, in, because I don't think drinking is wrong. I think drunkenness is wrong. And so um, because what, what, it, what is being said here, what causes drunkenness is excessive indulgence. Excessive indulgence You see It's excessive indulgence That will bring destruction in your life It's excessive indulgence That will ruin your life And so Forget about Like don't get wrapped up in the wine I think Satan sometimes with this verse He wants you to get wrapped up In something that it's not Like the lie is see Wine and, And wine can lead to excessive indulgence That is something that can be wrong if you indulge in it. But you can also indulge in other things. You can indulge in food. You can indulge in profanity. You can indulge in sex. You can indulge in so many things in this world. Excessive indulgence will ruin your life. So whatever the bag is, you have to figure out a way to fill the void of the, the ties that you cut so how do we fill the void four quick things that you can fill the void with number 1 god's word god's word fill the void with god's word make a commitment that this, that tomorrow morning you're going to wake up with enough time before you go to work that you're going to open it up and you're going to read a chapter, at least a chapter. Even if, even if it's just a verse, read it. The psalmist wrote, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This is what will light the way. But you have to read it if it's going to do the job that it needs to do. Don't throw it away and just write it off. Use it to replace the void that's in your life. Start your day with God's word. The second thing that you can replace the void with is prayer. Prayer. Prayer is not a ritual. We make it a ritual. I told a story a few months ago of how uh, we were reading. We were uh, going to bed with our kids. We were putting our kids down for bed. And I started to pray for bedtime. I said, God bless this fruit to our bodies. <laughs> what? Please tell me I'm not the only one that's ever made that mistake. Because here's what happens we make prayer a ritual, but it's not, it's a conversation with our best friend, with our Father. Sometimes you need to go to go to God and say, "God, Dad, I need your help." Sometimes you need to go to God and say, "God, I just need to talk to you, have a conversation." Why is it that people? Pastor uh, Pastor Chris Hodges said this once, and I'll, I'll just steal it from him because he tells me I, I can. Why is it that people turn English when they start to talk to God? The and thou, Amen. I understand the reverence that God deserves, and I'm not trying to make light of that. But God wants to be your friend. He wants to have a conversation with you. He wants you to talk to him, and he wants to talk back to you. And I believe that that's what prayer is. It's a conversation. Tell him how great he is. Start your prayer with how great he is and what he means to you. Tell him how much he means to you. Long before you start to ask him for anything. Praise Him. Thank Him. Acknowledge who He is. So first you fill the void with God's Word, and then you fill the void with prayer, and then the second thing is with an accountability partner. An accountability partner. James chapter 5, verse six, says, 16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person, is powerful and effective. Find someone that you can talk to. If you're the only one that knows your secrets, you're in trouble. If you're the only one that knows your secrets, you are in trouble. Find a way to talk to someone. Uh, when I went on, I went, I went on a trip to Montana. Um, probably a month or so, or so now when my friend Rory came and spoke for you guys and um, while I was there in Montana I was connected with um, with a lot of guys I think there were about 20 on the trip but uh, I I really connected with, with five five guys and um, it wasn't a burger place I met with five I, I connected with with five five guys that, that were on the trip with Mon, with me to Montana and We've, we've remained like just, we talk every day like these things, they, they can be a leash, but they can be used for really good sometimes. And so we'll just send each other Marco Polo videos every single day and, and, and chat and talk and say, Hey guys, I'm really struggling with this. Could you help me right now? Or, Hey guys, how do you do this? And how do you do that in your church? Because we talk with each other, we're accountable to each other, about everything. You need to have someone that you're accountable to. That's why we do small groups. I can't wait for next week. Because we will launch small groups where you can get connected with each other. Maybe God will lay it on your heart today to lead a small group. Leading a small group doesn't mean that you're an expert. It just means that you're the person with the Doritos. It just means you're the person that allows people into your house. It just means that you're the person that picks out the place that you're going to meet. You don't have to be an expert to lead a group. We would love to get flooded with emails at hello at church so that we can hear from you that you want to lead a group. I would love to have the most groups that we've ever had. I think the most groups that we had in one semester was 12, I think. I would love to have more than 12 groups this semester. We need to be accountable to each other. And then the last thing is ministry. Fill the void with ministry or service or serving, however you want to say it. Romans chapter 12, verse 21 says this. It says, do not be overcome by evil, but how do we overcome evil? Overcome evil by doing good. Overcome evil by serving. Overcome evil by doing something good for someone else. That's how you fill the void. Because the fact of the matter is, if there's something in your life that you struggle with that you just can't can't stop doing, maybe you just need to replace it with something else. I believe with all of my heart that God wants us to live a life that is free. To live a life in freedom. Next week we're going to talk about what it looks like to stay free. Once, once we find freedom, how do we how do we stay free? How do we stay away from that bag that we let go of during the first four weeks of this series? Would you do me a favor? Would you stand with me? Stay with me as we reflect on what, what God has for us. Don't don't take off. Do me a favor, don't take off. Stay stay with us. We're almost done. Bow your heads with me and close your eyes. Maybe God has spoken to you this morning about something that you need to let go of. But maybe you're sitting there and you're you're realizing that you've never begun with the introduction to Jesus. You see, if we're going to let go of some bags this morning, it's going to require us to trust someone that isn't ourselves maybe you've been trusting yourself and maybe it's time that you trust someone that has earned the right to be trusted the reason he's earned the right to be trusted is because he came to this life and he lived a perfect sinless life and that sinless perfect life led him To go to a cross where he was killed for us as a sacrifice. Because I don't understand it, I don't know why, but that's what God wanted to happen. And God said, if I am going to be in relationship with these people, I need to have a sacrifice, I need someone to pay for the punishment. That they would have. So you know what? I'm going to give the punishment for them. I'm going to give them my son, Jesus. He'll take on the punishment. And so Jesus comes to earth and he lives a perfect life and he dies the perfect death that would free us from our sins. That is why we can live in freedom. But maybe you've been placing your trust in yourself. The Bible says that even the devil and his angels believe in God. Your belief in God does not save you, but your trust in him does. Because it's when you believe and you trust him with your life that you have faith that saves you. Is there anyone here this morning that would say, it's time that I put my trust in Jesus today. Is there anyone like that? Just let me know by raising your hand up, putting it up, putting it down real quick. I'm not going to embarrass you. Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else? See that hand? See that hand? If you raise your hand, I just want you to to pray with me. I will give you the words to say I just want you to, to repeat them after me right there in your, where you stand say God I know that I've done wrong I know that I have carried some bags because of that and God the best way that I know how I trust you with my life Come into my life and save me because of what your son, Jesus, has done for me. Make me a new person. I trust you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, stay there. Stay right here in this moment. If you said that prayer with me, I want to invite you to fill out... Connection card on the bottom of the worship guide that you received, and just drop it in the box on your way out or give it to our next steps booth as you walk out. But we talked about something today that I know that we all struggle with: the bag that won't let go. Maybe some of you need to go home and put on some filters on your computer. Put on some filters on your cell phone. Find an accountability partner that'll receive an email. That'll say, so-and-so has looked at, Adam has looked at this on his computer this week. There's there's an app called Covenant Eyes. I would encourage all the men to find it. All the ladies to find it. But maybe there's something that you have in your life that you just can't let go of. So I'm going to pray for us. And when I'm done praying, we're gonna celebrate, we're gonna, we're gonna cheer, and then we're gonna sing a song and we'll be dismissed. God, I thank you so much for the freedom that you offer that is found in your son Jesus. And I thank you that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Lord, I know that right here in this moment, it's easy to say we're gonna change. It's easy to change our hearts in this moment because heart change happens in a second but lord we know according to your word that life change happens over time and that's why we need each other we need each other because this life is not meant to be alone and this life is meant to be lived in freedom so god i pray that for those of us that that struggle because we all struggle with with bags that we just can't let go of. God, I pray that you would help us to, to find freedom this week. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you give God a hand today? Come on. Come on.